Love it. Good morning. Love it. List it. Good morning. What? It's 8.03 p.m. It is 8.03 p.m. That's fine. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Anything Spooky Goes. This is Hannah. And I'm Justin. Aw. And that's Sage. I see it. He's laying on his bed. He never lays on his bed. That's because we put it on a chair next to us while we're recording this so he doesn't feel lonely. See, he could be a good boy sometimes. Can't you? Mm. Everybody's like, I hate when you talk like a baby. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like some people are like, oh, it's really cute when like you go to a little voice and you talk to animals and babies like that. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure other people are like, kill me now. Not when it's recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I probably will hate myself immediately when I listen to this again. If you listen to it again. Probably not. You keep on asking me and I'm just like. <laughs> well, it's fine. I just want a quality control because <laughs> what if they're garbage, you know? I'm guaranteeing that they're going to be garbage, but. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Okay. So, hi. This is Anything Spooky Goes. We talk about spooky stuff. Sure do. Yeah. And uh, what episode is this? Three? Three. Yep. Look at us. I have a doozy today. Do you? No. Oh. Be extremely <laughs> underwhelmed by this, please. <laughs> I'm already disappointed. Great. Great. That's all I'm going for at this point. Good. Okay. Well, I'm very happy about that. Um, I have something completely new that I am actually really, really pumped about. So I am looking forward to to getting there. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so anything spooky goes, we are still trying to figure out exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um Justin and I have been talking. I usually talk about the sad things. Yeah, generally. <laughs> I tend to do like some of the crazier stuff. So, And I love that like I feel like these don't match. Like, the things that we like don't necessarily match our personalities. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm Hannah and <laughs> I'm like the most annoyingly positive person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, give me death. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, I'm Justin. But then you really are into like the spooks and you like to you like to scare me and you're into like really cool cryptids and yeah i like that mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty cool nice great okay i want to talk about this real quick um great. because honestly it was one of the best moments of my entire life um so you know that i'm reading very slowly because mm-hmm. you know my reading patterns yeah um real quick justin can devour a book in like two days Depends on the book. Depends on the book. Yes. You took, you took a little bit longer with this Star Wars book, but in your defense, it was a little long, right? Yeah. Great. It was good though. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So I'm reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark by, I'm going to butcher her name. I always do. Michelle McNamara. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. And, um, I went to see my therapist the other day. And I purposely like to have like my books. If I'm reading something, like if I, if I have a book that I'm reading or if I have like a t-shirt or any kind of like swag of something that I really like, whether it be like a band or a podcast or just like our good, uh, our GMM stuff, yeah, I like to wear that in public and I like to like have the things that I am passionate about shown openly, mm-hmm. mostly because it's like a power trip, and then I want people to pay attention to me. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> but I had my book out because I was reading it when I was in the waiting room, and then she came out to grab me, and my therapist is like, 
this amazing like hippie woman. She is just so sweet and she usually wears um, clothing that has like animals or vegetables on it. It's just awesome. Uh, we have the same succulent shirt from Old Navy. It's a good wow, time. That's yeah, a good one. It is pretty good. And so, you know, she like talks about, well, she's, she's a mental health therapist. And so she's like really happy person. And I was, we, I sat down on her couch and I like was about to put the book away and she's like, Oh, what you read in there? And I was like, Oh no. Okay. Um, like this is equally my worst nightmare and my dream. And so I told her and she's like, Oh, Hannah, tell me everything about it. Oh jeez. And it was just so freaking cool. Like she, she was born in the early sixties. And so she was aware of the, the golden state killer and the East area rapist, which is what the book is about. Mm-hmm. And she like remembered watching some cold case files on it. Wow. And then all of a sudden 30 minutes had gone by and we were talking about how uh, we were just talking about how fascinating it is that people can be so into true crime. Mm-hmm. And both of us were like, how are we interested in it? And both of us came to the conclusion. It's like, because our brains, it, in my opinion, I cannot fathom how a person could do that to another person or multiple people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm not really, it's not like the blood and the gore that really gets me. It's like, I like the psychology behind it. Yeah. You know, and like, I think my, like my niche of what I like so much about true crime is like, I like cult mentality, which I know Mm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. because for example, like if you were to take like Charles Manson or Jim Jones, those are two people who in their opinion, weren't doing anything wrong. Like they were inspiring others. They were getting a community together. Yeah. And it's like, if you could just take all of the, um, like the suave and the um, like the connection and the the charisma that they had, and it's like if you could take that and do it and utilize it for something for for good, but I guess in good of like the mass society's mind point of good, because mm-hmm. again, like they thought they were doing good, but it's like for people who have that much charisma to know that they can basically just brainwash other people and tap into the insecurities. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I, I I think that might be part of what people gravitate toward um, in general. Yeah. I feel like there's a very small audience who likes to learn about true crime because of the violence. Yeah. It's more like either preparedness yeah. or something having to do with the mental health aspect. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. And I just think it's it's such a fascinating thing. Well, and then also going into like the paranormal too. It's like I like the psychology behind that as well of how can you grasp the concept of something that you may or may not have proof of. Right. But then, I mean, this is probably going to be really insulting, but like for, for some people, that is kind of the same thing like with religion of like you you may not have physical proof, but you, you choose to believe. Mm-hmm. And I just... I think it's so fascinating and I think the human brain is fascinating and it's like, if I start to think about it too much, I get really overwhelmed. Yeah. But I'm also like, tell me everything about it. I want to learn about trauma and I want to learn about how things spread and I love it. 
Yeah, but there's also proof of uh, cryptids. So, gonna... <laughs> are you going to be talking about that today? Maybe, maybe. Ooh, not. We'll probably, see. maybe not. But um, <laughs> there's genuine proof. That, genuine proof, absolutely. Uh, cryptids are out there. Oh my goodness! So. I mean, there are a lot of uh, bumper stickers that I've seen that says "Bigfoot ate my ass." So, yeah, that's I, proof. I want to get a hat that says that, <laughs> but. Um, I just haven't gotten the time to look for it yet. Yeah. Well, your birthday is coming up. And uh, if I could get something for you, I think that's probably the best gift. That would be the best gift. Yeah. Truly. What, what better way to to ring in your quarter life crisis than, uh, than a hat like that? Talking about Bigfoot eating ass. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Yeah. That's oh, fine. my goodness. I feel like my dad would really like that hat, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We could match. Oh, that'd be cute. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Good. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Um, No, not really. Okay. Just the fact that I'm drinking bye. Please sponsor us. Bye. It's really good. So, I'm pretty sure that at one point in our under, undergraduate career, um, I would say maybe like 30% of our, of our like, daily intake was by yeah yeah there was a time we were just just chugging it's just so good it's antioxidant cocoa fusion uh-huh. so like can't go wrong absolutely not 10 calories or whatever yeah, yeah. if there's anybody from by <laughs> out there who is listening to this highly oversaturated uh podcast yeah you know well podcast you know what i mean for some reason, if someone's listening to this podcast that works for buy, can you please bring back the coconut raspberry flavor? Mm-hmm. Because, who boy. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing with the coconut mango, but it's not good. It's not working. Try again. Yeah. And we're back. Hi. All right. Are you ready to jump in? I am. Let's do it. Okay. I'm not going to tell you the title of this episode yet. Nice. Uh, I'm just going to jump right in. <laughs> okay. So... Let's take a step back in time to March 1995 Aww. in Puerto Rico, one month before I was born and two months before you were born. You remember my birthday. Good job. Barely. <laughs> now, Puerto Rico has been a territory of the U.S. since 1917, okay. and citizens enjoyed freedom of movement between Puerto Rico and the mainland. We're going to be focusing on farming for the beginning of this story. And some names have been completely made up by me, either (laughs) A, to protect the identities of those involved, Uh or B, because I couldn't be asked to look into specific ones too in depth. (laughs) Also, I thought it'd be fun. Um, I'll leave that up to you to decide which. Oh, okay. Good. We should take a poll. You know what? That'd be great. Uh, Let's... Well, maybe it wouldn't be great. Let, let's just see how we feel after this, uh, after I get through this first line. Mm, okay. Cristiano Chino. Really? <laughs> Can you do that with a more Uper accent, please? Uper? Uper. Could I do Southern? Ooh, Southern would be fun. Cristiano Chino. Okay, now you've offended everyone. <laughs> That's. It sounds like a really bad Starbucks drink. Yes, 100%. What would be in it? I'm thinking like the bottom third would just be caramel syrup. It's like caramel syrup, yeah. pumpkin spice, Ooh. 
mixed with London Fog. Ooh, that actually sounds kind of good. But it's a Cristiano Chino. Cristiano Chino. And they would inevitably spell your name wrong. It'd be uh, Justine. Yeah. What have you gotten before? Uh, no one messes my name up. Oh, usually. That's, that's good. I've gotten Hanny before, like H-A-N-N-I. I like that one. That's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. It's cute, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Cristiano. I will say that I did make up this name. Oh. Based on a <laughs> a Puerto Rican name generator. Stop. Um, That's a thing? Do you want to find out what your name would be? 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. All right. Is this considered racist? Uh, well, it's on the website rumandmonkey.com. So, so I'd say no. <laughs> um, so Good. you want a chica slash chico Puerto Rican name exclamation point question mark? I guess. We have a quiz. All right. Which generation do you belong to? Millennial. I'm just going to answer that <laughs> one for you. 1982 to 2004. Okay, great. What's the what's the generation after that? Z. Disease? I think. Okay. See, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes against millennials, but I think people want to put it against the Zs instead, mm-hmm. and they mix it up. Yeah. It's not me. What is the next generation going to be? Like AA, like they do with the alphabet? <laughs> That's terrible. I feel bad for them. It's just going to be the generation after Z. That's what they're going to be called. Yeah. yeah. And then the generation after them. Yep. <laughs> Good. And then just be like, mm. We don't have any more names. I think we just solved the 2020 census. So Aww, look at us. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. All right. First, uh, first real question. Great. What do you currently do in life? Good question. Still trying to figure that out. I work in an office. I do not work in an office. Full-time student and rocking it, or I'm a traveler. Well, I'm a full-time student and I work in an office. You can only pick one. So let's do, I'm still trying to figure it out or whatever the first one was. Great. Good. I just um, do office. Wait, I don't know. Did you pick it? No. Uh, office. Okay. What is your deepest desire? Inner Chocolate. and outer peace, a compassionate world, personal growth, finding true love, understanding other people. What did you say? I said chocolate. Oh, also not an option, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> okay. Well, now I feel really stupid because I want inner and outer peace, but like compassion in the world would be pretty great. What are you going with? What were, what were the options? Inner and outer peace. Great. A compassionate world. Personal growth. Finding true love. Understanding other people. Well, I already got true love from Sage. So um, let's do compassion. Okay. What would you say is your strongest quality? Nicole. I am. You got to let me at least read <laughs> the, the answers here. Uh, intelligence, kindness, creativity, strength, or confidence? Kindness. What role do you play in friendships? I like to make my friends laugh. They always come to me for advice. I tend to be the peacemaker between friends. I offer support where I can. I am usually the one to help them fix things. Support. How often do you work out? (laughs) Work out? Are you serious right now? (laughs) Every day. If walking through the shops counts as working out, getting out of bed is enough of a workout for me. The people at the gym know me by name. Or, fitness is life. 
What are you going with? I feel like I'm a combination between the people at the gym know me by name, but not really. Because I work out like four to like three to five times a week. I know. It's like there's two options for actually working out. And they're both really intense. Oh, my God. Let's go with fitness is life. Okay. I'm a well person. I try to be. Okay. Why did you take this test? (laughs) It looked fun. I was bored. My friends encouraged me to do so. All of the above, none of the above. All of the above. Great. Let's do it. You're bored right now? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. What do you dream about when you sleep? I often dream that I am drowning. Oh, God. Fighting or running away from war. I dream that I am flying. I often dream of animals or people in relationships. Um, I usually dream about like me getting murdered. Um, so, people in relationships. Sure, I so think people. That's what, yeah, I people think in that's relationships. That's what I'll go with. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily good relationships. But yeah, just people just in relationships. Yeah, yeah, that works. Love it. If you were an animal, what would you be? Cat. Okay. Answer this one on your own, and then I'll give you the answers. Oh, okay. It's like what in your soul. I feel like I really love elephants just so much, you know, and I'm a big clumsy person, but I feel like just elephants just have such, oh my God, I'm going to start crying. Elephants are just so beautiful. Yeah. Neither of our favorite animals are on here. So great. um, Excuse me. A sea turtle's not on there. How dare they? Uh, A dog or a wolf, a tiger, lion, jaguar. Gazelle, okay. horse, giraffe, owl, falcon, eagle, or a dolphin? I want to go with the owl, falcon, eagle. I think it would be so freaking cool to be a bird. That's, that's a good one. Do you have a bucket list? Sure do. I'm sorry. Nope. I am living life one day at a time. Yes, I am halfway through it already. <laughs> yes, but I only have a couple of items on it. No, but I do know what I want in life. Yes, but it is hard to get to. I would say the halfway done one also i just cracked my neck and if you could hear that i'm so sorry i'm not dead i didn't even notice so maybe it'll show up on the recording great um you are male or female i would go with female this time okay cristiano chino enter your name and click the button yeah we'll see i sure hope so fingers crossed all right dame your name chica or chico you are Annalise Angeli Marie. <laughs> so your first name is Annalise. Your second name is Angeli Marie. Okay. I am so honored. Mm-hmm. Is that a Puerto Rican Puerto Rican Puerto Rican name? Well, now you are un deliciosa chica. So oh, thank you. Uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Annalise, Annalise, Angel, Angelica Marie, Annalise, Angeli Marie. I love it. Um, I will say that, uh, one person commented on this, on this, uh, oh, article. Okay. Uh, Ashley San Antonio Angon said, cool. Oh, thank you, Ashley. So, uh, wow. That's lovely. Yeah. I feel like a whole new person now. Great. That was the, that was the idea. So, all right, back to the story. Now what was the story again? Finally, um, <laughs> Cristiano Chino, 1995, our London Fog, great, wakes up one March morning in 1995, really early in the morning. Mm. He's a farmer, after all. He gets up before the dawn, 
and goes out to milk his animals and check on the flock. On the way out to the goat pasture, he calls them over to be fed, knowing that they like to meet him at the gate every morning. Oh, could you imagine? That is seriously our goal. I want a goat farm so badly. Yeah. We could put one in the basement (sighs) of our apartment. That would be fine. Yep. I'll just take my car out. It's okay. We could just put a little fence in the garage. Oh. Uh, When no goat responds or comes over to meet him, he thinks they must just be preoccupied with something else or they're just tired from the previous day. When he enters the pasture to look for them, he notices something laying on the ground quite a ways away. When he approaches, he realizes exactly what he is looking at. The body of one of his sheep. He continues to survey the pasture and finds a total of seven more sheep laying dead. Outraged, he thought some rival farmers had come in the night to kill his flock. But when he checks the bodies, he finds them completely drained of blood with three puncture wounds in the neck chest area of each one. The points were too fine for knives or weapons and there wasn't any blood on the ground. What could possibly have happened here? You're going to make me cry. Oh. Really? Yeah. It's the chupacabra. (laughs) Let's go. What an ass. You don't. Just don't. Chupacabra, baby. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that what the sound they make? I I believe so, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. It's chupacabra. You're That's doing, what we're going to be talking about today. today. This That's is what a we're big one, Justin. Yeah. yeah. I am thoroughly excited. This is a very exciting one. I kind of figured, um, well, there, I don't really know a lot about the chupacabra, but the one thing I do know is that they're like the goat slash sheep blood drainer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, we got a farmer. Something's going to be bad. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Well, chupacabra can literally be translated as goat sucker (laughs) uh, from chupar, which means to suck, and cabra, meaning goat, in Spanish. Nice. Um, It is known as both chupacabras and chupacabra throughout the Americas, with the former being the original word and the latter being a regularization of it. Sure. Americans probably took that one over. Yeah, the chupacabra. Chupacabra. The most, well, it's also farmers who are finding <laughs> these things. So they, hey, I got chupacabra down here today. Took out some of my goats. <laughs> so the most common description of the chupacabra is that of a reptile like creature said to have leathery or scaly greenish gray skin and sharp spines or quills running down its back. It is said to be approximately three to four feet. That's about one to 1.2 meters high. And stands and hops in a fashion similar to that of a kangaroo. Ooh. Yeah. Another common description of the chupacabra is of a strange breed of wild dog. This form is mostly hairless and has a pronounced spinal ridge, usually pronounced eye sockets, unusually pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Unlike conventional predators, the chupacabra is said to drain all of the animal's blood and sometimes their organs, usually through three holes in the shape of a downwards pointing triangle or through one or two holes. Oh. Yeah. I have a couple pictures for you here, too. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to see if I can uh, see how I do this. Okay. I could. Oh. Just uh, so we got. That uh, looks like an alien. Yeah. That looks like a lizard 
alien. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was expecting. No, it's kind of weird. But I think they tried to go with like the trying the weird teeth mark yeah. thing. Yeah. Because he's got weird teeth. Absolutely. Well, the eyes really get me too. Yeah. It's very like reptilian alien looking. Yeah. And then I have more. So more of like a painting. It's, oh. This one's a little more realistic looking. Okay. I So I get, I get the lizardness. It's kind of like almost piggy looking with a yeah. snout. Like a dog. Yeah. Huh. See, I'm just wondering like the mechanics of like, I don't understand how you suck blood. <laughs> so I just, I think it's really fascinating that like the three holes are kind of uh, synonymous with the chupacabra. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely his calling card. Interesting. He's really into the three hole thing. Nice. So, yeah. Um, let's see. A few months later, after the farmer found his goats in August, an eyewitness named Madeline Tolentino reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rican town of Cano Vanas, when as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. Mm. Dude's going on a rampage. In 1975, similar killings in the small town of Mocha were attributed to El Vampiro de Mocha, the vampire of Mocha. Initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult. Of course. As you do. Later, more killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported a loss of animal life. Each of the animals was reported to have had its body bled dry, through a series of small circular incisions. Mm. So I'm going to kind of go into more a little bit of the origins of the creature and, uh, and its name. Yeah. Now, so uh, originally Puerto Rican comedian and entrepreneur Silverio Perez is credited with coining the term chupacabras soon after the first incidents were reported in the press. Wow. I did not realize there was like one person. Yeah. He just hopped on that train and he yeah. sailed it all the way to Boston. Um, shortly after the first reported incidents in Puerto Rico, other animal deaths were reported in other countries, such as the Dominican Republic, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Brazil, U.S., and Mexico. Interesting. This is happening everywhere throughout North America and Central America and South America. Wow. Except Canada. Because nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens in Canada. Except for last week. Yeah, yeah, I've said that. Okay. So a five year investigation by a man named Benjamin Radford, documented in his 2011 book, Tracking the Chupacabra, Mm -hmm. concluded that the description given by the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico. Madeline Tolentino was based on a creature named Sill in the 1995 science fiction horror, fiction horror film Species. Come on. So, so she saw a movie and was like, oh, that's exactly what it was. The alien creature Sill is nearly identical to Tolentino's Chupacabra eyewitness accounts. Mm. And she had seen the movie before her report. Oh, come on. <laughs> It was a creature that looked like the chupacabra with spines on its back and all. The resemblance to the chupacabra was really impressive, Tolentino reported. Radford revealed that Tolentino believed that the creatures and events she saw in species were happening in reality in Puerto Rico at the time, and therefore concludes that the most important chupacabra description cannot be trusted. (laughs) 
This, he believes, seriously undermines the credibility of the chupacabra as a real animal. So I have a couple of pictures of uh, Sill here. From species. Oh. I mean, significantly sexier than the chupacabra that originally. That booty. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie before. Have you? No, I haven't. Huh. Which far I watch mm, it? Maybe I have. Really? Uh, we'll be posting all these pictures, by the way, on yeah. our Instagram and uh, Facebook page. Shout out very, at the end. Very, very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everything from the like the spikes to like the heavily, they look like like a like a lizard. Person. Yeah, it's very lizardy, reptilian. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see the the comparisons. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, in addition to this uh, debunking that we've had. The reports of blood sucking by the chupacabra were never confirmed by an autopsy. Mm. The only way to conclude that the animal was drained of blood. <laughs> so uh, an analysis by a veterinarian of 300 reported victims of the chupacabra found that they had not been bled dry. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do we trust this veterinarian? You know, I don't know because it's just a veterinarian. Yeah. I couldn't find any more information on who exactly it was. Are they being paid by the government? It could have been uh, an FBI shill. Absolutely. Um, uh, continuing with that, Radford divided the Chupacabra reports into two categories. The reports from Puerto Rico and then Latin America where animals were attacked and it is supposed their blood was extracted and the reports in the United States of mammals mostly dogs and coyotes with mange that people call chupacabra due to their unusual appearance. So everyone is kind of in the camp where any chupacabra sightings in the United States mm -hmm. are attributed to coyotes and dogs yeah. with mange. Well, because I'm wondering, I don't know a lot about mange, but just from what I'm picturing right now, I'm imagining that mange can be loss of hair and then you get like infections and so it looks like it almost looks scaly because of like yeah. the i don't it's not i probably not like psoriasis but you know it's probably like inflamed skin and i could see that being like if you saw an animal with mange you'd be like oh that's not that's not a dog immediately yeah yeah. All of your talking points are just uh, like I'm about to address them when oh, you bring I'm them up. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's actually kind of amazing. Oh, no. Well, in late October 2010, University of Michigan biologist Barry O'Connor concluded that all the Chupacabra reports in the United States were simply coyotes infected with the parasite Sarcoptes scabii, whose symptoms, it, it's basically like, uh, it's like a mite. Um, it's like a parasitic mite. It just causes scabies, which is like kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Scabs all over the place. Um, whose symptoms would explain most of the features of the chupacabra. Mm. Uh, they would be left with little fur, thickened skin, maybe like scales with scabs and a rank odor. Uh, O'Connor theorized that the attacks on goats occurred because these animals are greatly weakened. They're going to have a hard time hunting. So they may be forced into attacking livestock because it's easier than running down a rabbit or a deer. Sure. Um, although several witnesses came to the conclusion that the attacks could not be the work of dogs or coyotes because they had not eaten the victim, this conclusion is also incorrect. 
Both dogs and coyotes can kill and not consume the prey, either because they are inexperienced or due to injury or difficulty in killing the prey. The prey can survive the attack and die afterwards from internal bleeding or circulatory shock. Uh, The presence of two holes in the neck corresponding with the canine teeth are to be expected since this is the only way that most land carnivores have to catch their prey. Um, There are also reports of stray Mexican hairless dogs being mistaken for chupacabras. And I have a picture of a cute little Mexican hairless dog. Oh, absolutely. So cute. They are very, very cute. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um. Yeah, that's kind of all I got, unfortunately. There's not a ton of uh, really good, I guess, experiences with a chupacabra. A lot of them are uh, just people that uh, are not super credible, Mm -hmm. and they don't really have a whole lot to go on. Yeah. Um, I still believe... That something could exist out there. Yeah. Of course, I got a Funko Pop of Chupacabra, <laughs> so you know I'm pretty into it. But yeah, and I can't remember. Does your does your Funko does it does it have the like the scales and mm-hmm. does it look more like a dog or a lizard yeah, or both? It it reminds me a lot of a dog. Okay. But it has scales sure. and it has spines on its back too. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's like a dinosaur dog. Yeah. It's cool looking. I can post a picture of that too. That'd be really cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so because I was a little lacking on some of the uh, testimony, I went ahead and uh, looked up some related legends Oh. in an effort to uh, fill time. <laughs> so um, a popular legend in New Orleans concerns a uh, popular lover's lane. Uh, get a lot of this. It's called Grunch Road. Ew. Which was said to be inhabited by grunches. What is a grunch? Creature similar in appearance to the chupacabra. I have a picture of the grunch here. <laughs> it looks Ew. a lot like what I imagine a chupacabra to be. That looks a lot like the Funko. Yes. But I he's just, got kind of like a weird face. I don't like its mouth. Don't like its mouth well, at it's all. bloody, so no. I don't like it. But uh, next time we go to New Orleans, we could head over to uh, Grunch Road. See Let's if we can it. find any of those grunches. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, another one is the the Peuchins of Chile. Uh, they also share similarities in their supposed habits, habits, but instead of being dog-like, they are described as winged snakes. Ooh. This legend may have originated from the vampire bat, which is an animal that's endemic to the region. Uh-huh. I have another picture okay. of that. These white wild peuchins. Oh man, those are beautiful. It's like a rainbow bird. Yeah. That could honestly be like a Pokemon. It is a Pokemon, probably. Oh. But it's definitely um it's still a snake. Yeah. So it's still gonna bite you and kill you. So great. Uh and then finally, I have one from the Philippines, another legendary creature mm. called the Sigbin. Mm. Shares many of the Chupacabra's descriptions okay. of the large snout, uh, the ears kind of a hunched over, you know, kind of a mangy looking. Sure. It's just a kangaroo. That is <laughs> absolutely a kangaroo. This is what happens when I looked up the Sigbin. It, this is just a kangaroo. That, is a ca- that, that looks like a small kangaroo. Yeah. There's nothing. No. There's nothing mean or aggressive about that. They have teeth. Um. Yeah. So that's all I got for this. Um, 
the Chupacabra. I still think it would be very easy for something to still be out there. Yeah. Um, it's not Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bigfoot, I feel like ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a really hard place with that too because I'm kind of in the realm of belief. Okay. But I feel like it would have been seen. Yeah. See, that's the hard part about so many cryptids. Right. But the thing about... The thing about the chupacabra is that I feel like because and, and and who knows who knows what um from place to place if it differs. But I'm just trying to think of like if it has any kind of maybe like chameleon qualities. Sure. I mean, what if it has scales that could allow it to easily blend in with its habitat? Yeah. Therefore, making it you know susceptible to being looked over. Yeah. I just, I feel like there's so many creatures that we don't even know about. Yeah. Well, it's also super easy to hide somewhere between the Southern United States and South America. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And that's a heavily, well, it's not always, but you know, it's a heavily forested area depending on where you are in that part of the world. And Right. Could yeah. be anything. Could be. I'm saying it's out there. There's something going yeah. on. I just think that how do, how do you how do you discount all of these animal deaths? Yeah, occurring in the same way. Yeah, you know, it just mm. something about that is a little weird to me. Even if some veterinarian says that they weren't drained. Yeah, I don't know, buddy. Roll. You don't got any credentials or anything like that. So. <laughs> you don't have a doctorate or anything. No, no, that's fine. I just feel like also humans are too stupid to do that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, okay, well if it was, it was a group of, and I can't not remember what you said, like the, the vampire cults of the Dominican Republic. Was that where that was? Yeah. Right. It yeah. was like the vampires of Mocha. Yes. Yes. So I'm trying to think like, well, that was, it was credited to a creature known as the oh, vampire. Of Mocha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is like if there was a group of individuals who participated in in blood, the drinking of blood, Mm -hmm. I just feel like they would get caught by this time. Yeah. Especially if they're killing that many animals. Right. But who knows? You know, people get away with crazier things. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I know this is kind of an off-topic question, but... Um, do you remember the first time you heard about the chupacabra? No, I have no idea. No idea. Okay. It's just always been there. Yeah. And that's what I think is super cool about cryptos. It's like, sometimes you don't even know where you heard about them. Mm-hmm. They're just there. Yeah. So even if he's not real, you have a place in my heart. He's always going to be in my heart. Oh, what a good story. Yeah. That's the chupacabra. Nice. Thanks. Hi there. Hi. Let's talk about death. Wonderful. Ooh. As we do. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually really pumped to okay. be telling you this story today. I am always pumped to hear it, so oh, let's go. Look at you. Okay, so I just kind of on a whim about 
an hour ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to do this story. Really? And there is, this is not really a, this isn't a death of like a single person that I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be okay. talking about an epidemic. Ooh. Yes. Spooky. And I am recently just, not to be putting this on me, but like I'm really, really fascinated about epidemics. Of course. Yeah. I am too. So, yeah. I just think it's absolutely fascinating. And so, really quickly, just to like talk about epidemics, um, I want to know if you know the difference, because I sure did not, between an epidemic and a pandemic. Um, no pressure. I did at one point. Okay. In one of my bio classes. Nice. All right. I feel like a pandemic has to be worldwide. Yes. Right? So it yeah, it relates to like a geographic spread. Yeah. So yep. So like, like the board game. It's not in just oh, one yeah, area. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's the spread. Mm-hmm. Um what was the other one? Epidemic. And then ep- epidemic, yep. That one I don't know. Okay. So an epidemic, according to the website Very Well Health, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> which I got all of my information from good uh, about epidemics is an event in which a disease is actively spreading. So an epidemic is, oh, I see. yeah, it's like when there's one controlled disease or infection that has grown out of control. Um, so this is a quote is an outbreak of a disease that occurs over a wide geographic area, but it's usually a controlled geographic area. And often affects an exceptionally high proportion of that population. Okay. Yeah. So the biggest difference is that um, an epidemic is an event in which a disease is actively spreading. Mm -hmm. And then in contrast, a pandemic is a geographic spread and is used to describe a disease that affects a whole country or the entire world. Okay. Yes. So, Justin, looking back on the last thousands of years of the world's history great can you think of a widespread epidemic that is highly known coronavirus Shit. okay um another one <laughs> um <laughs> the swine flu dang it you know a lot of them okay we're not gonna well, talk- i also lived through both <laughs> so. this is true okay well no uh, you are not wrong but bubonic plague we're going to be talking about the Black Death today. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I am super duper pumped about this because I, so the Black Death or the Black, the Black Plague um, is kind of like the most infamous epidemic. I feel like this is because, and I'll talk about this at the end too, but because of the Black Plague or the Black Death, they're synonymous. I want to call it the Black Death. Sure. Um, but because of the Black Death, so many advances in in modern sanitation and mm-hmm. so many um, laws about segregation occurred because of this. Because oh. for so for so many of the victims of this disease, it was like a lot of um, lower class citizens who were getting the plague because they didn't have access to medicine. Okay, and so because of this, a lot of like riots and laws about trying to eliminate caste systems was created, yeah. were created. Um, and a lot of sanitation that we know in 2020, it got its roots from the Black Plague. Sounds like communism did too. Sure. Yeah. 
great. Okay, so... <laughs> That's why the Black Death was bad, everybody. It, it created <laughs> communism. Justin Voss, everyone. Be here all night. <laughs> Till about uh, 10.30, and then we're going to bed, so... Great. So how much do you think you know about the Black Death? Um, I'd like to say I know quite a bit, but I really don't think I do. Okay. Um, nice. Are you, are you asking me to explain, or... No, I just want... I kind of wanted to just get, like, a ground level of, like, where you're sitting. Okay. Yeah. I feel pretty comfortable with my knowledge of it, I think. Okay. But I can always listen to it again. Sure. This is fascinating. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to be sprinkling in some things that I know you're really going to get excited about. Nice. So we'll go ahead. Okay. All right. So um, I'm just going to go ahead. I have it kind of like sectioned off. Um, but I am, again, for the millionth time, I'm super pumped to talk about this. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So according to historians, um, the Black Death began somewhere around uh 1347 which i just can't even comprehend something that year so far away yes yes because i just time doesn't start for me time usually starts in like the 1800s for me because that's how far back i can i can remember things that i learned in apus history and was like oh well well that's how far back i can remember existing so (laughs) it's it's kind of tough for me. Anything beyond that, sure. In the past, is a little, little foggy. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, about eighteen ninety or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's when Robert Pattinson became a vampire in Twilight. I think it was like the eighteen nineties. Just because you weren't asking. But... No. I, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I already knew that. Oh, sure. But thanks. That's probably completely wrong. But... We we were hanging out. Oh, that's nice. For most of my life. Anyway, so the plague arrived in Europe in October of 1347 when 12 ships from the Black Sea docked at the Sicilian port of Messina. Um, People gathered on the docks were met with a horrifying surprise. Most of the sailors aboard the ship were dead. Oh, gosh. Yep. And this is so gross. Um, And those who were still alive were gravely ill and Mm. covered in black boils that oozed Mm. blood and pus. No. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this word, but these black boils, they're known as black boob, boob, boobios, boobos, boobos. Sure. So they're called black boobos. They are swelling and heavily inflamed areas that are usually found in the groin or in the armpits or when there's, um, lymph. Yeah. Around the lymph node areas. Yep. So it can be found around the neck and just in really unfortunate places. Yeah. So these uh, boils or buboes, mm-hmm. uh, they usually lasted about a week. The thing is, and this is really interesting, that if the buboes burst, you have a higher chance of surviving. If the buboes burst on their own accord, it was a sign that the victims would recover. How? What? So it's like it's like because it's releasing out of your body. It's like releasing the infection. Yes, it's like oh. your body is is giving enough um giving enough like energy. Yeah, I mean immune response for it to actively burst by itself instead of someone bursting it for you and especially oh, back in 1347 yeah. when they're probably like, "Oh, let's just cut it off." Sure. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Okay. So nasty. Yes. So, um, Sicilian authorities hastily ordered that the fleet of, and these are called death ships, <laughs> um, they ordered them out of the harbors, but it was too late. The disease had already spread oh, inland. Oh, no. Yep. 
So, um, in the early 1340s, um, a rumor of a great disease called the Great Pestilence um, was carving its way, and it was called the Deadly Path across trade routes near um, China, India, Persia, Syria, and Egypt. Okay. So people were getting wind of this that this this great um, this great disease was spreading, but the yeah. fact that it was now mainland in Europe on a, a, a large trading post, it was just. It just happened. They just needed it to dock once and mm-hmm. it spread like wildfire. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so because of this, Europeans were scarcely equipped for the horrible reality of the Black Death. Mm-hmm. So this is a quote from the Italian poet Giovanni Boccaccio. Great. Um, and men and women alike, he said, at the beginning of the malady, certain swellings, either on the groin or under the armpits, wax to the bigness of a common apple no other to the size of an egg some more or some less um and these are the vulgar named plague boils oh my gosh that's mm-hmm. so awful yep okay really quickly before i forget i got all of this information from this super amazing site off the bbc it's called bite size okay and so they they just like break down large historical events that usually happened in um in european history mm-hmm. but this is where i got all the information just wanted to mention that great yeah um okay so Boccaccio also said that the mere touching of clothes appeared to itself communicate the malady of the toucher Oh, geez. Yep. So, and the disease was terribly efficient. People who were perfectly healthy when they went to bed at night could be dead the next morning. Holy crap. Like it just, it gets, it got in your body and it just spread and it consumed. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. So to understand it a little bit more, and this is why I thought was really interesting because I just, I don't know. I didn't really know about about how it started. And I feel like as I was reading this, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But today in modern day, scientists understand that the Black Death um, was spread by um, a, oh God, bacillus, bacillus, Mm -hmm. okay, called Yersinia pestis. Yeah. So this was a germ that was discovered by French biologist Alexandra Yersin at the end of the 19th century. So it is, um, it is a disease that is, that is communicated person to person, um, through the air, Mm -hmm. um, and is thought to have been caused by the bite of infected fleas or rats. Yeah. It was, yeah. A lot of people thought it was rats, but then they figured out it was the fleas on the rats. Uh Uh-huh. Because it wasn't just rats. It was like cats and dogs yep. or whatever. So Exactly. And like I didn't really write about this, but there is some like really traumatic stuff where it's like people were just killing animals. It was like massacres of basically any kind of livestock, any kind of rodent, any kind of animal just because they were yeah. so terrified. Yeah. And it's just like it's ridiculous to think uh. about the amount of humans that died and then probably multiply that. By the amount of animals that died. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. It's awful. Um, and the really crappy part is because of um, the high prevalence of fleas and rats, especially on, um, on shipping areas, mm-hmm. this is how it was thought that the disease spread to so many of the, at the time, and even today, but at the time, the, the world's largest cities. Yeah. Because you, you build by water. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so no one exactly knew how the Black Death was transmitted from one patient to another, and no one really knew how to prevent or treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to one doctor of the time, um, instantaneous death occurs when the aerial spirit escaping from the eyes of the sick man strikes the healthy person standing near and looking at the sick. Oh, gosh. So it's just they had no clue what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to get into the doctors and the cures. Nice. Yep. Okay. So first, I want to show you a picture that you're pretty familiar with. Okay. So... Justin, can you describe uh, this picture, please? Plague Doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in a massive robe. Mm-hmm. It's literally covering him head to toe. Yeah. Um, he's got a little tiny top hat on. And then he has a crow beak mask. Yeah. Um, and he's got gloves. Yeah. Yeah. So where have you seen this Plague Doctor before? Assassin's Creed. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so when I was looking up the plague doctors mm-hmm. so many websites were ter- were talking about the historical accuracy of assassin's creed yeah. to show the examples of why the doctors were were purposely put in these games mm-hmm. and it's because the black plague was introduced to europe through italy yeah and with the Ezio trilogy mm-hmm. is that correct that's a trilogy yeah with the Ezio trilogy of assassin's creed being in italy it's just so fascinating that they decided to to add the doctors in just by wearing these masks. Do you remember when that took place? The game? Yeah. I don't. Let me see. See if I can find out when he was born. Yeah. Uh, He lived from 1459 to 1524. Interesting. Okay. So a little earlier. But the thing is, is that I'm wondering if the doctors, they just continued to wear it. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe it wasn't gone either. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Actually, okay. Well, this is the really fascinating thing because I was like, okay, why would you wear a mask that looks like that? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's pretty creepy. Yeah. And I just feel like intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. But this may be why it they did wear it, and maybe this is why it continued, especially into um into history. Sorry, I'm just trying to take my glasses off real quick. Um, this is maybe why doctors continued to wear this until like more modern practices came around. Yeah. Um, because plague doctors wore a mask with a bird-like beak to protect themselves from being infected by the disease, disease which they believed was airborne. Okay. So they wore this mask from the moment that they left their home to the moment they got back. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they thought the disease was spread by miasma, which is a noxious form of bad air. Yeah. So to battle this imaginary threat, the long beak was actually packed with sweet smells such as dried flowers, herbs, and spices, which the doctors would constantly inhale Uh because they were so afraid of getting any of this bad air. Wow. Yeah. So I had no clue it was packed with things. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So... That's cool. Yeah. So these beak masks um, became an iconic symbol of the Black Death. Um, But there is no evidence that it was actually worn during the 14th. Oh, here we go. During the 14th century epidemic. Okay. Um, Medical historians have, in fact, attributed the invention of the beak doctor costume to a French doctor named Charles Delorme in 1619. Um, so he designed the bird mask to be worn to be worn with a large waxen coat as a form of head-to-toe protection modeled on a soldier's armor. So 
Yes. Assassin's Creed is wrong. Well, but the see the thing about history is is that <laughs> I mean it's is that all relative. Back that far is relative. Yeah. I mean, truly, because you not everything is written down, and it's just yeah. You know, there are certain people who choose what history to share. Written by the victors. Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay, you ready to get into some dark stuff? Please. Okay, so we're going to talk about the uh, <clears throat> the thought of um, how to cure the Black Plague. So, um, as I talked about before, medical doctors were not certain what caused the plague, but they believed it could be the result of, you ready for this? No. The movement of the planets. A punishment from God, bad smells and corrupt air, enemies who had poisoned the wells. Okay. They thought it could be the, the result of staring at a victim, wearing pointed shoes, okay. or strangers to the village who just came in and they brought bad things. Hey, I mean, two of those sound very plausible. <laughs> this, the wearing the pointed shoes. That one. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great <laughs> um like the poison is and then the strangers yeah because it's just yeah yep um the planets thing yeah uh not so dissimilar from astrology mm-hmm. and mercury being in retrograde which is a terrible excuse <laughs> to be a bad person. I feel like you were just looking for any excuse to say that phrase. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those are some wicked excuses. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for uh, you could use those same excuses for uh, for modern day epidemics as well. You know? like Is that racist? Why did I get a cold sore? Well, <laughs> I'm wearing pointed heels today. Look at that. Okay. Never mind. I thought you were <laughs> oh. going to talk about COVID. I was like, no, it's is not. it because? Great. Well, sorry for ruining that one. <laughs> That's all right, sweetie. You did your best. Like, why am I sad today? It's because <laughs> I saw a stranger <laughs> and they scared me. They just appeared. Oh, my goodness. Racism, everyone. So fun. Great. So, um, because doctors really didn't know what to do and it's not their fault. It's not their fault at all. They just never seen anything like this. Yeah, absolutely. So they based a lot of their practices at that time off of the workings of ancient Romans and Greeks on their ideas of the humors. Okay. Are you aware of the different kind of humors? Um, like good humor, bad humor. Yeah, so you have um, bad dad humor. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, like dad humor. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's dark humor. Yes, that's you too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's poop humor. That's me. Right? Yeah. Right. Bodily humor is Bodily humor. mostly you. Pretty um, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm aware of. Great. But I'm still studying. So. I see. Yes. Oh. You're not. You're going to be an expert soon. I believe in you. Thanks. Yeah. You know that takes 10,000 hours to master something? Explains a lot, actually. Yeah. So, you're pretty close on a lot of things, actually. hmm Yeah. Yeah. You're almost there on, on bodily humor. Almost. Almost. But, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I think you're going to know this once I say it, because once I, like, read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. 
So the different humors are also known as, as biles. So that is specific fluids known as the black bile, yellow bile, yellow bile, blood, and phlegm. Mm. Um, so these humors were, uh, they were balanced by using bloodletting. Ah. Uh. Yes. I thought See, you'd recognize that. My question is, what is that balancing? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you need your blood. Uh, all of it. Yeah. As much as possible. Yeah. 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 It gets worse. Just, ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> physicians relied on the crude and unsophisticated... <laughs> unsophisticated techniques uh such as bloodletting and boil lancing Ooh. yep see that sounds fun yep they also uh. use superstitious practices such as burning aromatic urban or oh my gosh burning aromatic herbs and bathing in rose water or vinegar see that's all right though see I, the interesting thing about that is like that is holistic medicine in 2020 i was gonna say that sounds like some good uh you know, mental health day. Yes, so. absolutely. All right. Um, some other cures included blowing your nose. Or, <laughs> That's or, too good. I was like, did oh, people man. really not blow their nose? I like nobody guess. farmer blew back in the day? It's the first thing. If I got wake up and I'm a little sniffly in the morning, <laughs> if it's not even allergies or a cold, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> blow my nose. Yeah. So... Can you imagine if someone back in the day was like, oh, I have such a stuffy nose. And they go to a doctor like, well, got to cut your arm off. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, um, Got to take okay. some blood real quick. Oh. Can't breathe quite right through your nose. Yeah. No, thank you. They didn't have breathe right strips back then. No, now, this so. is true. No Vicks Vapor Rub. Oh, yeah. So good. Speaking of, have you actually like ever farmer blue blown before? Not like in public. Okay. I do it in the shower. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably not a good story whatsoever, but, um, great here we go <laughs> um when i studied abroad uh we did a we did a friend's trip to italy it was our tour to italy and we we're walking up this mountain i feel so pretentious right now Good. we were walking up this mountain in uh oh my god uh it's a it's such a really pretty place off the amalfi coast i sound so pretentious anyway we were walking up this mountain and my friend megan was like hey hannah you want to learn how to farmers blow and i was like okay and she's like a city girl wait is this little megan this is little megan this oh, is little blonde no. adorable most beautiful all-american megan yeah and she like plugged one nostril and was like <laughs> <laughs> it was so gross but like everybody did it and it yeah. just because like we were walking up a mountain i couldn't breathe sure i'm sweating i have a backpack on me and i'm wearing burks and a maxi dress in 90 degree weather perfect outfit for ridiculous hiking. Anyway, thanks, Megan, for being my friend. Nice. Great. So anyway, so other cures included blowing your nose or clearing your throat <clears> as a way as a way of getting rid of too much cold phlegm. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. Yes. Yeah. It's good to get that out. Absolutely. Yeah. I that is it's such a satisfying but disgusting feeling to like hock a loogie when you're sick. Totally. And you just look at it and great that's nice yeah yeah um other remedies such as ingesting mustard mint sauce applesauce and horseradish were used to balance wet dry hot cold um hot and cold in your diet 
it's a normal diet for me. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, like no I, plague, baby. I, there we go. See, like this is the kind of medicine I like. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. If I feel sick, give me things to knock me out and sure. make me feel better. Yeah. Like, I like pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. and I like natural remedies as well. I think it's very, very interesting. Like rest. Yes. Yeah. Rest and some good water, which they didn't have in 1347. That's true. It was all plaguey. Yes. Some other remedies included rubbing onions, herbs, or a chopped up snake, if available, onto your boils. (laughs) Okay. If available, (laughs) of course, with that uh, small issue that you might run into. Absolutely. If chopping up a snake was unavailable, you could also cut up a pigeon and rub its dead body all over your infected body. No. I mean... Yep. No. Yep. That usually that doesn't even work with humans. So, <laughs> okay. Um, also, people recommended drinking vinegar, eating crushed mineral minerals, rubbing arsenic or mercury onto your body. See, that's the one thing. Yeah, that'll yeah, do it. Yeah, sure. Well, they also recommended sitting close to a fire or in a sewer to drive out the fever. No. <laughs> or fumigating the house with herbs to purify the air. See that one? That I love one it. works. Yep. Essential oils. Um, people who believe that God was punishing you for you, for you and for your sins, which were called flagellants. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. I almost said flatulence, but I think it's flagellants. They're about the same. So actually, yes. Um, they went on processions whipping themselves and I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. Um, so (laughs) doctors often tested urine for color and health and some even tasted it to test. No. Oh, isn't that nice? They're not Rhett and Link. You know, you can't just do that. <laughs> oh, no. You can't just do that. Please don't drink each other's pee unless you really have to. No, just don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah. All right. You ready to talk about God punishing you? Uh, if that ain't the last 15 <laughs> years of my life, I don't know what is, you know? <laughs> So let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. So um, a lot of people, again, well, majority of people did not know why this was happening. Mm -hmm. So it just made sense to think that it may have been because of of God's punishment. Yeah. That seems to be the case for a lot of cultures uh, in the past without any reasonable explanation yeah that's what it was but i mean if you think about it it's like if you have no control over what's going on it's just it's so out of your control that you just you probably think it's like okay well it's the universe it's the the, like we talked about before it's the the planet's out of line or it's a higher power right it's like the the idea of an inherently chaotic and random universe is yeah. like not it's inexplicable yes to people at that point yeah. so well still in even 2020 i mean like the inexplic inexplicability of the universe is still overwhelming yeah you know and so it's just it's like yeah we have advanced immensely in the last 700 years but mm-hmm. still there's so much about the science and the universe and the world that we just we don't know yeah and we'll probably never know yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think like, and I, don't, I know that it doesn't have a lot of um, popular opinion against it or uh, about it, but like in the the Crystal Skull, um, the Indiana Jones movie, yeah, where it's like, um, the what is oh my god, what is her name? Kate Blanchett is she the bad 
the bad person. Yeah. Yes. It's like her brain couldn't handle the information that the aliens were telling her. So she like, didn't yeah. she explode or something like that? She melted. Yeah. She definitely didn't make it. No, she sure did not make no. it to the end. But that's the, like, you know, it's just such a fascinating thing of like a person's brain couldn't handle all of this information. So yeah. I don't know why I talked about that. but <laughs> Deep thoughts with Hannah and Joseph. <laughs> oh, and, podcast on... <laughs> coming out. and on those deep thoughts, let's talk about God punishing you. Perfect. So as I said, because uh, because people did not understand the biology of the disease, uh, many people believe that the Black Death was a kind of divine punishment. So it was retribution for various sins against God, such as greed, blasphemy, heresy. What is heresy? Uh, I think it's like lying, right? Maybe. Like telling lies about other people. Sure. I could have looked this up. I just don't. Let's find out. I just feel like heresy is such an antiquated term. Heresy. Um, Opinion profoundly at odds with what is generally accepted. So it says belief or opinion contrary to orthodox religions oh especially christian so that makes a lot of sense so it's basically just going against popular opinion yeah strongly at variance with established beliefs or customs huh yep very very interesting okay so yeah so greed thank you for looking that up Mm -hmm. greed blasphemy heresy and fornication what yep okay yeah having children yeah oh geez come on every sperm is sacred (laughs) Do you know that song? No. Oh, it could a... be the United States National Anthem. <laughs> it is a uh, a Monty Python skit, I believe, in um, Meaning of Life. Meaning of Life. Yeah. And I think it's making fun of Irish Catholics. I think it's making it's fun of uh, most Americans at this point. <laughs> so oh. we don't have to get too into oh, that. Oh my but, goodness! Uh, it's funny though. It's funny to make fun of people. Topical humor. Yes. A new podcast from Justin. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So by this logic, the only way to overcome the plague was to win God's forgiveness. So po- some people believe that the way to do this was to purge their communities of heretics and other troublemakers. This is really awful. Um, so for example, many thousands of, of Jews were massacred between 1348 and 1349. They just could not cut a break. Could nope. they? <laughs> I hate the world yeah yeah that's rough yeah sorry great time so sorry for your losses not okay no great (sighs) okay so moving on to that we're gonna talk about people whipping themselves perfect so now we get into flagellants so this is interesting because flagellants were mostly upper class men who traveled from town to town and engaged in public displays of penance and punishment so if you think about the like Opus Dei, yeah. kind of like that Silas guy in Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code, yeah. This was basically an offshoot of that. Okay. So they would beat themselves and one another with heavy leather straps studded with sharp pieces of metal while the townspeople gazed on them. Oh, just stand there and watch that. Yep. Listen to this. For 33 and a half, I don't know what the half, but for 33 and a half days, the flagellants repeated this ritual three times a day. By the end of that last day, they were kind of just like, you know what? We're done. <laughs> We've done it. Maybe we need to stop. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just another form of bloodletting. Yes, truly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um, 
Though the flagellant movement did provide some comfort to people who felt powerless in the face of inexplicable tragedy, it actually began to worry the Pope, whose authority the flagellants had begun to usurp. So in the face of this yeah. uh, of this um, resistance, the movement disintegrated. Okay. Yeah. So once you got the Pope saying, hey, stop it. They're like, okay. <laughs> I guess if we have, if we have a holy man telling us to stop, I guess, I we guess do that'll it. do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, he couldn't say don't kill the Jews, but that's fine. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, it's a Catholic. Yeah. Not Sorry Jewish. to whoever the Pope was in 1347, but do better. Great. So here are some consequences of the black death. So I can't imagine what a big <laughs> one would be, you know, <laughs> So estimates differ, but um, most historians believe that the Black Death killed half of the population of Europe. That is uh, outrageous. I can't even comprehend that. Yeah. Yep. There's so many people. In some places, including the village of West Thickley in County Durham, it killed every single person. Holy crap. Yep. The can town you, census was wiped. Can you imagine... Like a little offshoot of Madison around here getting just just wiped off. Gone. No, I can't. It's oh. just, I cannot, cannot wrap my head That's around horrendous. it. horrendous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and as I mentioned before, the death rate was especially, especially bad a lot amongst um, low socioeconomic statuses and right. also in monasteries. Um, because the monks stayed together and cared for each other, but it was just kind of, um, a contagious cycle. It was an intensely contagious disease. Exactly. Yeah. Um, some historians, um, suggested that the wealthier classes were less affected due to their wealth that enabled them to flee from the outbreaks. Wow. So just because they could leave. Uh Uh-huh crazy because they could leave and because they had access to medicine and they act they had access and privilege to isolation sure yeah overall 25 million people perished 25 million people yep so to try and bring some happiness into this yeah let's go did you know no. That many scholars think that the nursery rhyme, Ring Around the Rosie, was written about the Black Death. That I did know, actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, nah, this is BS. Um, but the thought is, is that the line, Ring Around the Rosie, you referred... to sing it? I actually don't know all the words, but I think... So it's... Ring... Oh, wait, I'm going to get the lyrics up. Ring Around the Rosie. I Song. mean, I know, I know the first... Are we going to get sued if I sing it? I feel like it's got to be uh, in public domain at this point, right? Sure, yeah. So it's, should I go ahead? Well, I don't know what... I don't know what the tune... Is it, ring around a rosy, a pocket full of posy? Is that is that like the tune? Yeah. Okay. Um, a tissue. A tissue. That's not right. We all fall down. Um, <laughs> I guess so. Ashes, ashes. Yes, that's the yeah. one. But you know, we don't have to sing it. That's just okay. We okay. Could, yeah. Well, I I talk about it a bit, but okay. um, I do not know about this. I didn't know that it was thought to be. Yeah, the ring around the rosy. Yeah. So, um, 
They thought the ring around the rosy referred to the red circular rash that was mm-hmm. common in some forms of the plague. Mm-hmm. Um, the posies could have represented the different flowers and herbs that people carried to ward off the disease. Yeah. The ashes or a tissue mm-hmm. and falling down, falling down were supposed to mimic disease or sorry. Oh my gosh. Words. They were thought to mimic sneezing and then eventually dying from the disease. Well, ashes. Yeah. 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 Because they probably burned bodies, right? Yeah. 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 So the origin in plague era medieval uh, Europe took root in popular culture. So that's why a lot of people, a lot of historians think that this might, that this, this folk song might be related to the plague. Yeah. Um, However, more recent folklorists, which really such a freaking cool job, Mm. um, argue that the connection between the ring around the rosy and the plague is overstated, if not entirely incorrect. Sure. Um, First, they state that the red ring symptom is not really that common of the plague symptom to begin with because it was more like the black boils. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they argue that the rhyme had been born in the period. Its lyrics, if the rhyme had been born in that period, its lyrics would have gone under, have undergone more radical changes. Okay. But, you know, because so many people were aware of this and so many people died. It's like, even I think the, the ring around the Rosie first appeared in print in like 1881, but it was, it was supposedly a song that was sung across Europe in like the 1790s. Right. I mean, people know about it. They could have just changed the lyrics to make a tune. That's true. Yeah. So that is Mm. the black plague. Also known as the Black Death. Wow. Yeah. That was a good one. Thanks. That was crazy. I I love it. It's fascinating, truly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why. And I feel like, you know, I didn't intentionally do this, but especially with uh, so many people up in arms about the coronavirus, it's just, yeah. it's a good mm-hmm. reminder just to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And I mean... By no means are, am I trying to be insulting, but it's just people forget of the power of simply washing your hands. Don't bite your fingernails. Yeah. Um, cover your mouth when you sneeze. Yep. And if you see someone wearing a mask, they're doing it to protect themselves and to others. Mm-hmm. And don't be racist and don't think that they are Definitely automatically sick. Stop being racist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the lesson. And um, doctors are here for a reason. They sure are. Modern medicine is extremely useful. Yeah. So if you feel sick, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Yep. So chupacabras and the Black Death. What a good time. (laughs) What a combo. Yeah. Justin, what's your favorite word in German? Uh, the butterfly one that you Schmetterling? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's too intense. Oh. Cause butterfly sounds beautiful and mariposa. Mariposa. In uh, Spanish is beautiful. <laughs> and then you just come in here with Schmetterling. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good. And then you got Totselverm. I love Totselverm. That's such a cool word. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is Enschuldigung. Oh yeah, I forgot about it's that just, one. It's my favorite. It honestly is like top ten favorite words ever. Yeah, I just I love it. Forgot about that one. I just love, I love that G's make like K sound. So like mm-hmm. gunk, mm-hmm. love it. 
So, excuse me. Entschuldigung. Your excuse. Thanks. Great. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, do you want to do one last plug for social media? Yeah. Um, so, our social media will be up when these episodes are released. Yeah. Um, we're pre-recording a couple just to get hit the ground running. Um, so, uh, let me quick make sure I'm getting mm-hmm. some of these right. <laughs> so, um, we have a Facebook page. It's called Anything Spooky Goes Podcast. Um, it's just open, uh, so give it a like. Uh, we're going to be posting... Uh, pictures from the episodes, um, maybe some interesting content that we find. Probably uh, pictures of Sage. While we're going around, yeah. Pictures of Sage. Maybe at some point we'll we'll have pictures posted of our setup that we yeah. have. A little creativity corner. Yeah. Um, so Anything Spooky Goes podcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Anything Spooky Goes podcast on Instagram. Nice. Thank uh, you. Also goes by that name. Anything spooky goes podcast. Um, it's going to be very similar to the Facebook page. Just a different way to reach out to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we have our email. Yes. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, we're, we're only a couple episodes in and we're still trying to figure out exactly what we want to do with this show. Um, but we're really hoping to, as we keep going along to, you know, interview people, um, we would love to get any kind of email submissions. If you have anything spooky that has ever happened in your life, mm-hmm. if you personally live through the black plague, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Please get in contact. Please let me know. Um, you know, we would just really love to be able to, to talk about things that are creepy and weird and funny and mm-hmm. you can make us uncomfortable. That is, that is ideal. I love being uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, we'd love to have. Uh, we're planning on having some interviews at some point yeah. in the future, and we'd love to be able to talk about other experiences that people have had with anything yeah. spooky. So that's the whole purpose. You know, we don't want to limit ourselves to to one thing or the other. That's why we are anything spooky goes. Yeah, and so. uh, you can email anything in uh, at anything spooky goes at gmail dot com. Yes, and. Uh, Again, our names are Hannah and Justin. And this is Anything Spooky Goes. <laughs> Great. Good. Are we Are we done? Wait, are we done? I don't know, are we? <laughs> no, I didn't turn it off yet. Oh no. Okay, bye. <laughs> Have a beautiful life. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>